Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, Mark, great to be with you on another episode of Informed Dissent. Hello, we're back. We are back, and we've got a great guest, somebody I've known now for several years, a warrior, freedom fighter, and oh, by the way, he also is a pastor. So welcome, Pastor Tim Thompson to Informed Hey, thanks Descent. for having me on. Yeah, Absol- glad to be absolutely. with you guys. It's awesome to be with you. Tim, you and I first met uh, on the steps uh, of the Riverside County Board of Supervisors. This was back, I think it was about May of 2020, early on in the pandemic. Right. And we were both invited out there. Uh, as part of a rally to convince those supervisors to open up the county of Riverside. My wife and I drove out from coastal Orange County and you're out in Murrieta and we met out there and set our piece in the steps and, uh, and the rest is history. And, and, to, and together, along with many, many others, we've been fighting this battle of tyranny uh, for the last couple of years, trying to convince people that liberty is more important uh, than this lousy virus. So tell us how the battle is going out in the Inland Empire. Well, I tell you what, I mean, out here in the Inland Empire, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be in Riverside County. We've got an incredible sheriff, Chad Bianco. We've got an incredible uh, district attorney, Mike Hestron. Um, looking forward to seeing these guys get reelected here pretty quick. Um, they, they early on, just like me, you know, early on, I, I said, I'm not doing, I'm not shutting down my church. Chad Bianco, the sheriff, said, I am not going to arrest somebody or give tickets out. And so it's been a, a fight. And, of course, the the governor does not like the sheriff. He doesn't like our DA. He doesn't like me. He had me arrested uh, right around the time I met you. Um, it's been a fight. But I'll tell you, it's been one of those things where prior to COVID, I've been trying to get people to wake up, trying to get them involved. And what I'm seeing now is people are awake. They're not woke. They're awake. They, they know what's going on. Moms uh, have been awakened to what's happening in the public school system. Uh, business owners are, are realizing, you know, the kind of control that the government's trying to have and how they're trying to wipe out small business and, and bring in big corporations. You know, so you're, you've got a lot of people that are very awake to what's going on. And to me, that's a good thing because, you know, it's, it's difficult to fight in this fight, as you know, when people aren't awake when they're sleeping to these things. And that's how it was when you started and, and we both met on those steps. Many people were still asleep, but now here we are a couple of years later and a lot of people have been awakened and they've been engaged and we've got elections coming up and they're, they're voting and it's been really good. So uh, Pastor Tim, you decided to go down a path of not just speaking out, but actually doing something. And I know you have made quite an effort to organize locally to get people elected to local school boards. Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, um, I've got, uh, the church that I pastor is a 501c3 and, uh, as a church, you're not supposed to be getting involved in politics. I do anyways, but we started a separate organization called our watch and that's our watch with Tim Thompson. And, and so I started getting involved, uh, politically with that, but even still with, with our watch, we're not allowed to generate funds to help people get elected. So what I did was I organized the Inland Empire Family PAC, and that was primarily just to raise funds to get people elected to school boards. That's all I'm focused on is school boards. And I figured, you know, I've speaking up and down the state, and I've, I've spoken in other states, and 
I said, you know what, if I can't fix my own backyard, what am I doing traveling all over the place telling other people they need to engage? So I, what I did was I looked at the four school boards, there's four school districts that surround my church. And I said, okay, those four school boards have 14 open seats. Now you, your wife does school board stuff. You know that that is, that's, that's at a huge amount of open seats for just four school districts. So with 14 open seats, we said, look, we're going to vet and, and endorse some good, strong, conservative, uh, pro-America, patriot, um, just strong people to the school boards. We've vetted out so far 10 out of the 14 seats. We've got them some great endorsements. Um, we're training them. We're helping them manage their campaigns. We're going to do everything we can to get them elected. And I got to tell you, um, you and I haven't talked about this recently, but the CTA, the, the California Teachers Association, which you know is one of the largest, most wicked, corrupt unions in our state, um, they had a three-day conference about what we're doing. They, I got a call from a, a friend of mine. He's like, hey, did you know that the California Teachers Association is flying people up to Sacramento? They're having a three-day conference about you? And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I called a, a friend of mine that's in the, the CTA and he remains in the CTA just to funnel information out. And he confirmed it. They had a three-day conference. They had my picture up. They're showing my videos and they are saying, we have got to stop this radical right-wing pastor and his radical agenda against our schools. Yeah, you know, that's incredible. You know, Mark and I earlier were talking about this idea of, retaking America from the bottom up, not from the top down. Uh, We tried the top down approach. You know, we were excited when President Trump got elected and he did some really good things, the drain the swamp thing. Uh, But we were talking about what's really necessary is this idea of a bottom up where the activity trickles up. Mark, uh, share with Pastor Tim a little bit about what we were talking about. You You were very articulate in your description of really what is necessary moving forward to take back this country. Well, when we first started this venture back in 2020, we were flying to D.C. We were on the Supreme Court steps. We were trying to influence Washington, and we were very excited. And what we all witnessed, not just three of us here, but I think everyone that's on this side of this battle, is that the concentration of power at the top and the depth of the corruption is just overwhelming, and it overwhelms grassroots efforts. And over the last couple of years, what I've seen that has been much more effective has been similar to what you're doing, which is to mobilize local people to go into offices where people know them, where they have a a share in the outcome, but they're not political politicians, they're mothers, they're fathers, they're people that are invested in their communities, especially school boards. You know, mothers have children in schools, so they have a personal investment in the outcome of the election and their friends, their mothers, their husbands, they have an investment in the outcome. What we saw this past fall in Virginia speaks to that. It also speaks to that in San Francisco, which followed about a month later, where populist sentiment threw out, booted out two, three leftist members of the San Francisco school board and replaced an entire school board in Loudoun County with parents who are rational and common sense and conservative-minded people who are opposed to racist ideology, anti-American propaganda, and the teaching of pedophilia in the schools. 
And now that we have this election coming around here in Southern California and the primary elections, and there's others around the country, I'm seeing mothers, a mother of a patient in my practice who's running in a local election here. I'm seeing uh, Jeff's wife, Mary Barkey, running for office. I'm seeing two doctors, Ryan Cole in Idaho um, and uh, uh, our friend Brian Tyson down in Southern California across from around the border, all running in these elections. And I think that if we can focus on retaking the local political offices back, then we can actually make changes in our own backyard, our own day-to-day lives, things that actually matter, the, the quotidian issues that we've been silent on for so long because we've been trying to fight Washington. And if we're successful, I think we can then work our way up from the local to the county to the state and then eventually go back and retake the federal government. But I think we need to go backwards. We need to go bottom up rather than top down. That's what I believe. That's my opinion today. And I think that's really our best hope. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, they're scared. You know, they, they see how organized we are. And, um, yeah, they sent the, these teachers back to the local school districts. All of a sudden, they're, they're having teachers union meetings here locally. And there's teachers, good, awesome teachers that go to my, my church. And one of them came to me and said, hey, you know, they're having these meetings and, and they're saying they have to stop you. And they want us to agree that our, our funds are going to go towards getting somebody elected against your candidates. And, and I spoke up and, and I said, well, what did you say? She said, you know, you don't know this pastor, this radical agenda that you're talking about. All it is is three things. He doesn't want us adults talking to little ch- children about sexual things. He doesn't want us to classify our kids in two groups of oppressed and oppressors based on the color of their skin. And he wants the parents to be the ultimate authority. And she asked him, he said, if that's this radical agenda that you all have to stop, then what's your agenda? And all of a sudden it was crickets and they're freaking out. They know we're going to win. They know we're going to win. Um, and I'll tell you this, people are starting to get on board with exactly what you're talking about. We, you know, you, you see people running for Congress and they'll, they'll have these big fundraisers and they're raising a ton of money. How often do you hear about people raising big dollars for school board? It just doesn't happen. Uh, we had our first fundraiser here in, uh, in Riverside County. Our first fundraiser, one day we raised over $100,000. That wow. just shows you. There, there is a movement here where people understand what you're talking about. They understand that, that we have to work from the bottom up and people are becoming smart to it and they want to invest in it. They want to be a part of the solution. Yeah, that, that's wonderful, Tim. You know, our, our podcast is, is heard all over the country. As a matter of fact, all over the world. Um, what message do you have for people outside of California um, that want to figure out a path forward and want to get involved and do something? Well, definitely they can do what we're doing on a local level. I think everybody should be working on that. But I think also they should, if, if they're going to invest somewhere, I think they should invest in California. And a lot of people say, well, California is a lost cause. That drives me nuts, you know, to, to hear that. You know, there, there are still good patriots. In fact, you look at uh, California as a whole, there are more conservatives in California than the rest of the nation. We just, we're activated now. So it's, we're going to see, um, we're going to see some great results. And it's, you know, Gavin Newsom said this, I can't stand Gavin Newsom, but he was right when he said, as California goes, so goes the nation. So if we can, if we can get the Patriots in California to stand up, to get good, strong people elected into these positions, to push back against this tyranny that's happening, then we're going to see the rest of the nation follow suit. So we really, really need to invest in California. 
No question about it. I know in my medical practice, I was a little nervous when I first started speaking out. I had patients that didn't like my politics that left my practice. And of course, that was, that was a bit uncomfortable. But shortly thereafter, the opposite happened. And I had patients from all over uh, coastal Orange County calling up wanting a like-minded physician that they could trust. What was your experience with your church-going uh, group? Yeah, you know, it is almost identical to what you just said. You know, we, we took that stance. We said no mask, no social distancing. Um, and when we took that, we had some people leave the church. And, and I was like, oh, no, well, what are we doing? You know, but I knew, like, I, to me, it was like there's no, there's no way I'm going to do that at all. Um, all of a sudden, people started hearing about this crazy pastor who's still open. And now we have grown 500% in just these last two years. Our church has increased 500% attendance, and we just had to buy a new building to accommodate the amount of people that are showing up. So uh, I think a lot of pastors are afraid to engage in this stuff. And I wish the pastors would just man up, start talking about these issues and get their churches engaged. Yeah, no question. Mark, what about that idea? You know, I got really nervous early on, had a few patients that were leaving. My business partner wasn't happy about it. Um, same thing with Tim. Obviously, you're a physician as well, psychiatrist in private practice. What was your experience and what's the psychology behind this? I've actually had to close my practice to new patients. I cannot accommodate the number of calls I'm getting because I just don't have the time. I, I'm one person. I see one patient at a time. I can't see 10 or 20. I don't get a hall to speak in. I have one office. <laughs> That's all I do. So uh, my, my growth is, is linear. I, I can't do exponential growth and I have no more room to see patients because after the 20 or 30% of the patients who were antagonistic to truth and reason abandoned me, that filled of that void was basically filled very quickly with people who couldn't find anyone who thought like them. And once that became full, then I had to find space for the new people. And now I have no more space. So my practice is temporarily closed to new patients. And I find this a, a really important lesson to try to teach to my colleagues who are still afraid. And I say colleagues, meaning doctors, but this is true for pastors as well. It's true for other business owners. I have um, a acquaintance who runs a chiropractic practice, and he's completely on board with everything we're talking about but he refuses to stand up and speak out publicly and state what his beliefs are because he's scared that all of his woke, uh, well-educated, upper-middle-class white liberal women from Santa Monica and Pacific Palisades and Malibu will uh, just turn their backs and abandon him and he'll be broke and he won't be able to pay his bills. And I have told him time and time again, I finally stopped telling him because he wouldn't listen, that yes, you're going to lose some patience. But once word gets out that you are the only chiropractic practice in all of West Los Angeles that supports truth and freedom, even if it's only 10% of the population, 10% of 9 million people is far more than you will ever be able to treat, even if you quadruple the size of your business. Right. But that didn't phase him because I think the fear, the worry is so strongly motivational. The psychological force to Avoid risk is so much greater than the pressure and the motivation to run towards something great, to express courage. 
And this, I think, is a fundamental weakness that many people have. Until we can overcome that, and I've said this often in my talks, until we can step forward into the abyss, take a risk, and have faith that it'll turn out well, we cannot move forward. And there's just not enough people yet that are willing to do that. They will do it if there's enough examples. And that's why I keep speaking about this, because I want to present an example, not a theoretical argument, a personal example of my experience where it worked out and it can work out for anyone. Well, no, no question about that. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the book we write next, by the way, Mark, um, our personal experience about uh, being courageous and facing our fears. Pastor Tim, yeah. um, you know, you, you were courageous. I don't know why. And people ask me, you know, why, why, why did I, why did I speak out? I didn't choose to be a public figure. I just chose to try to speak my truth and, and help people that were asking me for their help. Um, why did you do this? What, what, uh, what gave you the courage to speak out as opposed to what I think are the majority of the pastors across this country that try to stay politically neutral? They don't want to offend anybody. They don't want to speak politics from the pulpit. What's your message to them? You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. Um, people have said that like, Hey, you know, you, that was such a courageous thing you did. And, and for me, on my end, I, I honestly don't see it as courageous for what I did. Um, to me, it just seemed like a common sense issue. You know, the, the church is there for a very specific reason. And, and so my, my situation is a little bit unique compared to what you guys having, have going on. Uh, and in fact, my, my situation has even, I think, even deeper, um, deeper legal you know, protection under the constitution, um, as a religious organization, you know, the constitution says that we have the, the right to assemble together, to practice our religion and to not have the government interfere with the practicing or make any laws that would prohibit the practicing of my religion. So, um, for me, it was a, a no brainer, you know, and people like, how, how do you do it? How do you open your church? I go the same way I did before you stick the key in, you turn it. It's, you know, it's such a simple thing, you know? Um, so for me, it wasn't so much courage. It was, for me, it was just, do I believe what it is that I'm teaching? You know, and I te as a Christian pastor, I'm teaching people that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of strength or power. He's given us a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. And I believe that. I preach that. So for me, it's an easy thing to go, okay, I'll look at this situation. Um, with a sound mind, I can read the, the statistics. I can see I have nothing to be afraid of, so I'm not going to walk around in fear. You know, I teach that it is imperative that we don't forsake assembling ourselves together. That's something that we're, we read in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. But we're supposed to gather together. We're supposed to spur each other on towards love and good works, especially as we see this very important day in Christianity coming closer and closer. It's the day where Christians believe the Lord's going to return. So I preach that we're supposed to not forsake assembling ourselves together. So for me, it's a no brainer to not forsake it. So it, to me, it was never an issue of courage. It was a, an issue of just saying, okay, I'm going to live out what I teach. And, and I, I look at these pastors who say, well, you know, you shouldn't get involved in politics. You know, newsflash, these things aren't political, you know, to, to a Christian borders are not political. Because the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 18 that God's the one who, from one blood, 
has determined all the nations, and he's also the one that sets up the borders of their inhabitation. So to, to the Christian, we see this as a biblical issue. You know, this whole race issue. Oh, that's political. Stop talking about race. No, God's the one who created from one blood. You know, we look at gender in the beginning. God created male and female. You look at marriage. He just instituted marriage between one man, one woman. All of these issues, life, you know, whether or not we should abort a child, that's something that was clear in God's word. You know, so these issues aren't political. They're biblical. And the radical left knows this about pastors, that number one, pastors, they want to feel accepted and loved by everybody. And so they, they don't want to be called bad names. They just want to be popular. And so they, they avoid any, any disputes like that. Um, they don't want to offend anybody because the culture has conditioned people to not want to offend, even though the word of God says it is an offense to those who are perishing. So in other words, a person who doesn't have salvation, they, they're not, saved by grace through faith in Christ, then, then that person is going to be offended by the word of God. And then pastors go, well, I don't want to talk about these things. I don't want to offend anybody. Well, then stop being a Christian pastor. Go do something where you shouldn't be offending people. You know, um, it, the truth hurts. The truth is offensive. It's that simple. And, and so for these pastors to say, well, I'm not going to get involved in politics. Well, then what are you teaching about? What, like, right. If you're not talking about all these issues and all these, the Bible has much to say about, if you're not talking about them, what are you talking about? Just having 10 messages on how to be the best you you can be. I mean, they can, they can go to Tony Robbins for that. They don't need to go to church. You know, <laughs> I like I liked Tony Robbins, by the way. He's, hey, he's a nice guy. He's got a great, great, you know, motivating stuff. But like I said, you can go to him. You don't need to go to the church. You're going to the church. You should be going for real spiritual, biblical advice. And sometimes that truth is going to hurt. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, they're up in Sacramento right now. The legislature is about to pass a law preventing the spread of misinformation and disinformation by pastors. Oh, no, no, wait. I mean, by doctors. <laughs> so they're trying to pass a law right now. And I have a feeling it's going to actually pass. That's going to allow the medical board to sanction physicians about spreading misinformation and disinformation. And you know, they'll, they'll come after public figures. They'll come after people right. that have been courageous enough to speak out like me, like Mark. And although I don't welcome that fight, it's a fight I'm willing to take on. I think this law is unconstitutional if it's, if it's passed to tell a doctor what they can say or not say in the privacy of their office or publicly, uh, I think is unconstitutional. And I imagine There'll be attorneys like some that we know, Bob Tyler and others of the world, right. that will take those cases uh, and and fight the fight. And I think in front of a jury, um, those cases will never will never stand. But of course, there'll be pain and suffering along the way as they as they come after us and come after us. I'm sure they will. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Absolutely. So, Mark, what did it feel like to you? I, I know I can tell you what it felt like to me early on when I started speaking out. I was it was, it was really uncomfortable. Um, I got beat up on Twitter. I got beat up on social media, people calling me names, uh, calling me a quack, reporting my name to the medical board, uh, trying to dox me to patients, et cetera, et cetera. And it was, it was, I'd never had that happen to me before. And it was, and it was really uncomfortable. What were, what was your feelings when early on, when you started speaking out? Well, around the time that I did, I had to take a leap of faith and reach a conclusion intellectually that I hadn't experienced yet personally, which was that it really doesn't matter whether people like you or not. And 
the opinions that other people have of me are really none of my business. And I wasn't sure if that was something that I would actually feel, not just in my head, but actually feel intrinsically. And although there was a few bumps at the beginning where I could feel the sting of receiving nasty, angry, hurtful, hateful comments and some death threats and some really ad hominem attacks against me and my character for taking what I thought was a principled position for truth. After the first sting, it really didn't bother me that much after a week or two. I'd say within a month at the most, I became almost uh, desensitized to the whole thing because what I realized was that even though I had attracted nasties, at the same time, I had also attracted people into my life that I am certain I would never have had the opportunity to meet otherwise. By cutting out and eliminating all of the low quality interactions, the low quality patients, the low quality colleagues, the low quality so-called friends, I had created this space that then allowed it to be filled by exceptionally high quality patients, friends, acquaintances, and colleagues, fewer in number, but of such high quality that they more than overcame all of the ultimately weak and feeble and cowardly attacks by people that really had no basis to criticize me. All they wanted to do was just simply go after me personally. So I have no regrets having done it. And even though at times it can feel a little lonely because you like to be in a, a life that's full of activity and socialization and frenetic activity and this, this sense of being in the midst of, of liveliness, I really think that this time period for all of us has been an opportunity to make a decision where you stand, who you stand with, who you stand for, and to accept that being liked and being popular by a lot of people is really just a, a pursuit of your ego. It's not a pursuit for good. The pursuit for good is to do good and then attract good people into your life and ignore all of the bad ones. And, and that's really what has made the difference for me in the last couple of years. And I will say that and, and try to model that to anybody who asks me, who's tentatively reflecting on this and wondering whether it's worth it. And it absolutely is. Mark, that's really powerful what you, what you say. And I'll tell you, um, I've learned a lot from you and it's been an honor having you as a co-host. Uh, you're one of the brightest guys I know. And I'll tell you, if not for, for COVID, if not for this pandemic, I, I wouldn't be friends with you. I wouldn't be friends with Tim. I've gotten to more, I've gotten to know my wife and I've gotten to know more high quality, like-minded people um, because of this pandemic. And that includes a lot of rock star pastors, including Pastor Tim, Jack Hibbs, um, Pastor Rob out in Thousand Oaks area, et cetera, uh, that it's just been an honor to get to know and to learn from. I mean, I listen, I, I spend more time in evangelical churches now than I do in synagogues. You know, my wife, and I, are, are, my wife and I are Jews <laughs> and, I, and I kid the pastors when we're in their churches that my wife and I started an organization called Jews for Evangelicals. And so far, there's just two of us. But 
you know, we have a great time meeting pastors and meeting like-minded people and meeting uh, patriots. And uh, it's, it's been fantastic. And for the audience right now, if you hear that noise in the background, my wife just got home and uh, she's making popcorn. So you hear popcorn in the background. That's part of our real life. I'm a real person. And uh, I apologize for the background noise, but it's uh, it's kind of fun. So, uh, Pastor Tim, I, I imagine you have the same experience. First of all, you've won up to me a little bit that you've gotten arrested. I have not had the opportunity to get arrested yet, uh, but I've seen you travel. I've seen you at rallies and um, you must have had a, a very similar experience of people that you had no idea that you would become friends with, let alone close friends. Uh, have right. now really joined the flock and and uh, have, have become part of the fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just the, the opportunities that have presented themselves uh, since then, obviously getting to know you guys. Um, you know, Dr. Jeff Barkey, I've had you on my show so many times. We've, we've been able to go to events together and have fun. Um, you know, I've, I've been to Donald Trump's house. You know, I mean, who gets to do that? I never would have had that chance to do that. How cool is that to, to hang out in Mar-a-Lago? You know, so, yeah, I mean, it's just the opportunities have been incredible. And, you know, we, we look at what we call it in the Christian world. We call it blessed reductions. You know, when people people leave the church, we, we're like, well, then God must just not wanted them there anymore. And it's neat to see I mean, the people that God has brought to the church have been it's really two different types of people. Either a they are super spiritually mature. Like these are people who are, who are never going to let the government tell them they can't sing to the Lord. You know, they, they wanted to go to a place that was taking this whole Christian thing seriously. And it was fun because Gavin Newsom tried to tell us we couldn't sing during worship. And uh, the following Sunday, our first song was sing, sing, sing. And our second song was never going to stop singing. You know, we just, we were just, totally pushing back at every level. And the people that showed up were, like I said, they were either a, the strong people who were so spiritually mature. So we got like the best of the best from all around the place. And then the other type of people that showed up were people who they knew that they loved freedom. They knew that the constitution says that we are endowed by our creator, certain unalienable rights. And they re- started to really think, well, who is this creator? Because I see the government trying to take these rights from us, and these are rights they're supposed to be protecting. So who is this creator? And so we've had people showing up that, and I'll tell you, I've done more baptisms in the last two years. I've been a pastor for nearly 20 years. I've done more baptisms in the last two years than I did in the whole 20 years I've been a pastor. Wow. So it, it's people that, that never would have darkened the doorstep of a, of a church. And they're showing up because there's some, they see there's something to this there. And, and really, I and mean, we call it the spiritual battle there, there is, this is a battle between good and evil, you know, and, and let's face it. We are on the side of good. That's abundantly clear. And the other side is the side of evil. They're wicked. They're, they're, they're tyrants, you know, and it's, it's wicked and it's obvious. And it's just been a lot of fun the people that God has brought into my life, those pastors that you mentioned, Rob McCoy, um, you know, Jack Hibbs, incredible pastors. You look at pastor Mike McClure up in San Jose. Oh my gosh. $4 million in fines for staying open. Wow. $4 million. And he's still open and he's still fighting back, you know, and, and uh, he just doesn't care because he, he knows that we're on the side of right. And he's, he's so pastors like that. I mean, what, what an incredible man. 
it, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. So before I forget to our listeners that want to follow you, uh, what's the best place that they can connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? So we're still on uh, YouTube, believe it or not. Uh, we keep getting uh, strikes and somehow we're still there. Our Watch with Tim Thompson. We're also on Rumble, Our Watch with Tim Thompson, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of it's Our Watch with Tim Thompson. So they could find us there. Of course, we have ourwatch.com is our website and all our videos and ways to connect with us is at, at ourwatch.com. And you stream our watch live when you have guests out there, don't you? We do. We got some incredible guests like yourself. Uh, we, uh, both of you have been on the show. Um, so we've, we've had some incredible guests um, and that's every Wednesday night. And we're even starting to do a daily show as well. Well, I'll tell you, you know, an R watch that made a huge impact on my life is my wife and I traveled out to Murrieta and got to meet and hear Bobby Kennedy Jr. for the first time early on in the pandemic. And that really had an influence. I'm now on his California Children's Health Defense Board um, and have had multiple opportunities to meet him. Um, you, you know, Mark and I have attended his events and, and listened to him speak. And he's really the, the tip of the sword battling some of these COVID mandates uh, and is doing great work as well. Right. Right. Yeah. He's an incredible man. And um, it was fun having him on the show because he was ripping on Democrats on my show. And I thought, how cool is that? That I don't have to do it. We can just let a Democrat rip on the Democrats. It was fun. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> so we, we've only have a few minutes left. Um, Tim, what, what's your message to people that are listening that are still feeling a little frightened and are looking for a pathway to, uh, to get involved in the Liberty movement? Frightened in what sense? Frightened of the pandemic or frightened of the government? Now, frightened about uh, people criticizing them, frightened about losing their job, frightened about um, somebody finding out that they're unvaccinated or they don't want to wear a mask or just finding out that they're a conservative. Well, I'm a Christian pastor, so I'm going to be the Christian pastor for a moment. Um, for me, my message to them is have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, if you have if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches that you are going to be given a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. And you can walk around in that spirit. Uh, it says that God won't give you a spirit of fear. So you won't have to walk around in a spirit of fear. You can walk around in power, love and sound mind. Who, who doesn't want to do that? Um, and it, it gives you a strength and there are strength in numbers as well. So you start getting together with other like-minded people and um, God will do some incredible things. So I would tell people, look, understand that this is a battle between good and evil. The side of good is the side of God. The side of evil is the side of Satan. Get on the right side and, and get with those people who are like-minded and get out there and get active. Awesome. That's a great message. Mark, I know you're real active on social media and you've got a wonderful Substack account. Uh, tell, remind our listeners again how they can follow you and what you're doing. Well, I just published my last Substack on Thursday called The Virus of the New Communism. And it's found at DissidentMD in Substack, or you can just go to my website, dissidentmd.com, and you can click through to my Substack, my Twitter, my Facebook, and also purchase my book, United States of Fear, where, uh, as you know, um, our non-writing projects, which are all of our podcasts, are at informeddissentmedia.com and our podcast, Informed Dissent. Uh, I will be coming out with a new Substack every Thursday, and I'm moving more and more into um, a, a somewhat as, as Pastor said, it's somewhat more of a, a good versus evil dynamic as opposed to a medical political one, because I really do believe 
that that is the truth. That is what resonates with people and unifies them. People who are non-political, non-medical really understand what's good and what's evil. And I think that they can come together with that message a lot more than um, partisanship. Mark, you got a new book coming out too. When do we expect to see that? Uh, It's in production. So we'll see four, six, eight weeks, hopefully less. And it's going to be called Freedom from Fear, a 12-step guide to an individual national recovery to help guide individuals, not the federal government, because they're not here to help us. They're actually part of the problem, but individuals in a grassroots effort, one person at a time to overcome their fear addiction and then help contribute to the right side, which is the fight for good. I love it. Can't wait to read it. Pastor Tim, thank you so much for joining us on Informed Dissent. And uh, hopefully we can do this again real soon. I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate your friendship. You guys are incredible. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.